out of excuses and we are running out of time. We're looking at mass starvation within 10 years. The reality is we're sleepwalking into a catastrophe. Change is coming, whether you like it or not. say there's um, at least a couple of hundred people here and um, we've got tell the truth banner we've got climate emergency climate crisis loads and loads of xr flags um, and we're just right outside the bbc entrance which is fantastic lots of police blocking the entrance so we can't actually go in one of extinction rebellion's three demands is for the government and the media to tell the truth as they put it about the climate and ecological emergency which is what brought hundreds of XR activists to protest outside the BBC's headquarters in Portland. We have halted the broadcast of this programme due to unforeseen circumstances. This is an emergency broadcast from the BBC by the Strategic Climate Defence Committee, London and Southeastern Sector. All normal programming has now been suspended. Please leave your radio on for further information. In Portland Place. Among them, Tessie Humble. We're only going to see mass change from our, our politicians if there is the public will behind that. The public will will only um, the public will will only emerge when we see the media telling the truth about the extent of the crisis. The BBC is obviously our, our national broadcasting service, um, and historically they've been absolutely excellent. Played a really really crucial role in raising the alarm for threats in the past. For some reason today, because the scale of consumption, because the scale of um, pollution, because of our lifestyles have become so normalised. Um, they're uh, really failing to raise the scale of the threat um, in terms of climate change. One of our key messages is that in World War II um, they served um, within the national interest and they raised the alarm giving public messages about the scale of the threat and how we react to that as a nation to protect ourselves, our families and our national interests. We're asking the BBC if we want life, all our families, um, all humans to be protecting this planet to do the same again and raise the alarm for all of us. I was struck by the irony of um, we're sitting just a, a, across from a huge bronze statue of um, George Orwell, holding, of course, a, an XR placard. Um, but next to it, 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 it says, paradoxically, if liberty means anything at all, it means the right to tell people what they do not want to hear. That's precisely what the point you're making, isn't it? Yes, it's going to be very uncomfortable. Um, threats are always uncomfortable, and if we're able to ignore them, we will do as long as possible. It's a psychological coping me mechanism that's very natural. Um, but obviously the problem is that, that we cannot face up to the challenge unless we know what the challenge is. Um, and we will not be equipped to be able to, uh, to adapt, um, as well as to mitigate as much as possible, unless we know the dark, dark truth that we're in. The London and South East Command is continuing to experience extreme weather and climate events. Severe storms, flooding and disruption with some loss of life is occurring. Many areas of the capital are completely submerged in contaminated water. Communications and drinking water supplies are severely disrupted by rising seawater levels. The number of casualties and the extent of the damage is being assessed. Military evacuations are taking place around the London area. All airports have been closed for military use. 
Civilians are instructed to remain in their homes and await further information. And among the speakers outside Broadcasting House is John Fuller of XR's Media Tell the Truth group. The turnout here is just brilliant. So there are lots of people here with banners and singing and we've had speeches and people emphasising the way that the BBC, the staggering scale to which the BBC has let down the public. You know, they have a charter that says that they have to tell the public the most important news. They have to reveal to the people essential news, both nationally and globally, and allow the public, their audiences, to engage with that news. But when it comes to climate change, climate breakdown, they have dreadfully failed the public. And so that's been the, the primary theme of what's been happening here today. In what way has the BBC failed the public? I hear many uh, people say, look, if this really was a climate emergency, we'd know about it. It would be on the news bulletins. It would be on the front page of the papers. Yes, yeah, so I gave lots of examples of crucial news that the BBC are not giving to the public. For example, the Davos 2018 uh, gathering. That's the global elite who gather in Switzerland every year. And at Davos 2018, the global elites were told about the prospects that climate change could very suddenly impact the global trade in food. It wouldn't take much but just two or three major failures perhaps in China and in America and it could happen very suddenly and we would lose the global trade in food. Now this is incredibly important to us here in the UK because we import so much of our animal feed and um, we um, import nearly 50% of our food so it's a massive importance to us and yet the BBC didn't tell the public anything about that. The global elite were told but we the public were not informed and yet the BBC knew about it. And I'll give you another example and that is that on the 10th of September 2018 the UN Secretary General tr uh, tried to warn the people of the world um, about the upcoming IPCC report and he'd seen some very frightening details in that report and he said I want the media to report this to everybody and he stood up and he, he gave his speech and he said we now face the prospects of runaway climate change and he said this is a direct existential threat and the BBC wouldn't report that. It didn't appear on radio or TV and the online article had those words omitted. A direct existential threat were not put in that article. So the BBC is, will argue that it's reporting more on climate change than ever before and it stopped allowing climate change deniers on, or not as much on as before. But that's only one year ago yes. uh, that, that um, the likes of Lord Lawson were no longer as a matter of default, uh, yeah. put, put, put on uh, to contest a climate scientist. Yes, that's right. So um, the BBC knew back, way back in 2004, after the IPCC report of that year, that the science was certain. And, why, uh, and it shows the scale of bias, if you like, within the BBC, that they still allow climate change deniers on. It's like saying to somebody, right, OK, we've got the weather forecaster on now, and he says it's raining outside, but we'd better get on somebody else with a different point of view. We'll get him in, and he can say, no, it's not, it's lovely and sunny out there, and yet it's raining outside. It's that scale of bias. It was ludicrous. It reached the point where the BBC was utterly ludicrous, the extent to which it was misleading the public. Maybe we should join in with the singing. We should. Yeah, great. Thank you. Decarbonise, it's later than you think. Decarbonise, because we're on the With immediate effect, martial law has been declared. This is necessary under the new emergency powers legislation due to the presence of armed gangs of looters and subversive terrorist factions around the embarkation zones. Repeat, with immediate effect, 
martial law has been declared. Hello. I was here some hours ago. I've, co I've come back. I can't believe how much it has grown. Just give me a sense of um, what you've been experiencing. Oh, it's been, it's been amazing. I mean, it started off, as I said, quite small. Initially, the police were barricading, but we moved the barriers and we all ran in. So that really increased a bit. And then these guys obviously got up on the roof. Tell them about the group hug. Oh, yes. Did you know how that happened? No. There was a, suddenly there was a call for a group hug and everyone just went and hugged just under where they climbed up. And then suddenly Jay just ran on top of everyone and climbed up onto the foyer roof. And there's a bit of a standoff, I, I gather, that the people on top of the glass canopy will only come down um, as and when uh, a BBC executive comes to speak to XR. Yeah. That is now happening and I can, I can see a huddle oh. there. Uh, right, so you actually know who a BBC executive is. We don't know what they look like. You, you, can, tell, <laughs> you, you can tell by their linen suits, darling. <laughs> oh, do you? oh, really? Okay, that's what I've missed yeah. then, obviously. <laughs> what, what's brought you along today? Why the BBC? You know, why aren't you at Trafalgar Square? or? Because there was actually something happening here that we felt like we could actually get involved in and um, also because we're from Bristol and it's a Bristol-based movement here, so... And I do think that if the BBC are going to take their impartiality seriously, uh, they're not being impartial in this case. They're not giving it the, the coverage it, it, it deserves. I mean, it is the thing that's it's all Brexit, Brexit, Brexit. But actually, that's not what a lot of people here and elsewhere in the country are really worried about. And what grounds do you have for, for saying that? The BBC would say it has to uh, walk a path between all sorts of, of conflicting interests. And, and wouldn't the BBC say that this is just like a kind of force majeure to try and force their hand? I, I, I understand that they say that and I can see why you're saying that. And if we were all a bunch of neo-fascists, I'd be opposing us doing it, you say. But I just think if you think about the evidence for, for climate change, and it's only recently the BBC have stopped insisting on having a climate change denier to balance out the, the argument, where it's, it's scientific fact now. You might as well believe in the flat earth if you're going to deny climate change. And I think the BBC needs to admit, admit this is a fact and report it as such. I agree with everything my husband has said, <laughs> even though I was the one who made him come. There you go. <laughs> about two months ago, I went on a course that was all about what's your relationship to climate change. I felt so despairing and so unhappy after that. And, and then I went to a couple of Extinction Rebellion meetings and I thought, this is fantastic. I'm with people, I'm having the conversations, um, and I feel like I can do something. At least I'm doing something. And that made me feel a lot better. All schools, hospitals, churches, mosques, post offices, government agencies and transport systems are closed until further notice. The Strategic Climate Defence Committee has suspended all radio and television networks. I wouldn't be able to guess how many people are here, um, many hundreds, um, but you've just taken part in a people's assembly. What was the topic that, that you were debating? The topic was just about where we should go next. So should we just leave peacefully and the two guys up on the roof come down? Uh, and in return, the BBC were going to give us a meeting next week to discuss our demands. Or should we stay here and, and demand that they come out now and stream that live through live TV? 
uh, and, and increase the coverage today about the protests. So that was, that was generally the nub of it. What I thought was quite interesting about the People's Assembly was how actually every single person in that group did speak and there was a couple of people who didn't say anything and they made sure that they actually did speak. Um, the other thing is, is, that, is the, the breadth of knowledge in there. So people were talking about, oh, I'm really worried about the guys up there. And, the, and two people said, well, we're engineers and we can tell you that structure is absolutely fine. Those guys are safe. That is um, almost always my experience of being in a people's assembly. It's astonishing just the level of information that is shared. Yeah, and I, I really like the fact that although I had different views from other people, I was still listened to with respect as well. So that was a really positive thing. In spite of being a white, middle-aged, middle-class bloke. Yeah, I forgot, <laughs> I forgot my nose rings today. Okay, so I've just met with um, two seniorish uh, guys. They, they told me they were senior, but not senior enough to make decisions on the broadcasting of, of the news tonight, a definite. And they said that'd be quite challenging. So I said, well, we've got all evening. Um, <laughs> so, um, they have said that it's uh, possible to have this commitment for a meeting next week about broadcasting it tonight. They're going to go back and talk to other people and get back to us on that. Caution. With immediate effect, the evacuation of Category A citizens is suspended. Our gallant military and police detachments are currently repelling attacks on the evacuation zones by large groups of terrorist factions and armed subversives. Category A citizens with embarkation passes who have not yet embarked must remain in your homes. Tom Hardy, lovely tie. Um, and what's brought you along here? You're involved in uh, XR's Media Tell the Truth, which is like a media watch group. Well, we've been chipping away at the BBC since uh, early spring. We had a survey of BBC staff. We weren't allowed in. Um, uh, they were told that we were outside the gates and that they mustn't speak to us, but pretty much everyone came to speak to us, filled out a survey and said that within the BBC, within the rank and file of the BBC, uh, there was great support for what we were doing. Today we are speaking to the higher-ups, trying to get them to change their tune. It seems extraordinary to me that everywhere else in the world is recognising this emergency but the, the very people that should be informing us, that should be keeping us safe with the truth, are not stepping up, are refusing to do so. Almost arrogantly. Remember, there is nothing to be gained by trying to get away. Leaving your homes is a non-patriotic act. You will be exposing yourself to great danger. If you defy the emergency regulations and leave your homes, you will find yourself without food, without water, without accommodation, and without protection. You will encounter armed police in power boats and helicopter patrols who will, under the new emergency powers, identify and classify you as a subversive or looter. You will accordingly be summarily dealt with. The super scary public service broadcast with that dark Cold War touch is by Morgan Dix. For full disclosure, I should declare an interest at this point. For many years, in fact until April this year, I was a BBC Radio 4 producer 
and know I'm not alone in having felt deeply concerned at the BBC's coverage of climate change, which completely lost its way when, through a sense of false balance, climate scientists were frequently put up against sceptics or outright deniers. In this sense, for all the excellence of many of its programmes and the commitment and creativity of its staff, the BBC has been part of the problem. Let's not forget it's only just over a year ago, in September 2018, that the BBC finally changed its editorial guidelines in respect of this, after Rupert Reid, one of XR's spokespeople, point-blank refused to go up against a climate sceptic on a BBC local radio show. I'm enormously grateful to him for having taken that stand. His refusal created such a Twitter storm that the BBC finally relented, accepting, very late in the day, that human-induced climate change is a reality, not a matter of opinion. So for me, it's entirely justified for Extinction Rebellion to call on the BBC to tell the truth, because for too long it hasn't. And that's been a disservice to us all. I'd go further and encourage the BBC to sign up to Covering Climate Now, an international initiative to strengthen the media's focus on the climate crisis. This has seen media organisations like The Guardian drop tired, milder terms like global warming in favour of, say, climate and ecological emergency or crisis. This language matters. I also support XR's call for the BBC and other broadcasters to only put on air representatives of think tanks and lobby groups that are transparent about their funding. We need to know who's being backed by oil money. Of course, I can only speak like this now I've left the BBC. But I wish there were more effective means for colleagues to raise their concerns within the organisation. It's very hierarchical, the BBC, and producers and journalists can risk being sidelined when they speak out. My sense is that the BBC has lost its way as a public service broadcaster. Its sense of balance and impartiality stretched beyond breaking point by the immense political pressures at play. But beyond all that, and still far too much out of view, sits the climate crisis, about which the BBC has a statutory duty to inform, educate, and even entertain us. Remember, we shall be on the air every hour on the hour. Stay tuned to this wavelength but switch your radios off now to save your batteries. That is the end of this broadcast. God save the Queen. <laughs> <laughs>